Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hello, and thanks for joining in for another episode. You've heard me say this before, but if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode, leave us a review, and also share the show with a few friends too. On today's episode, you're in for a real treat, and I am really, really excited for you to hear this episode with Chris Tuff, who definitely vibes on the same wavelength as me. He's got amazing energy. He's definitely got it right when it comes to personal branding, and he is all about standing out from the crowd and building real authentic connections. Chris is a marketing guru who truly knows how to not just move the ball, but also to dominate the game. He knows how to network like a mofo, and on the show, we are going to talk about the importance of building and sustaining meaningful relationships, how not to be an asshole, how to save your asks and more. This is definitely an episode you want to tune into. You're going to get such actionable tips on how you can continue to keep the ball moving, and you'll want to share this show with others too. You ready? Let's go. Chris, it is so great to have you on the show and inside the huddle with us today. How are you? I'm awesome. Fired up to be here. Yes. Well, I'm so excited to have you here with me today. I first knew you from your co-hosting the Brokering Billions podcast with Bono Ansley, which I absolutely loved, by the way. Awesome. And I recently got to hear you speak at the At Properties Christie's International Real Estate Annual Expo that was in downtown Chicago, where you crushed it, as we all knew you would. And while you were on the stage, you hit on some topics that are really important to me. And there are things I really like to emphasize with my audience. And we're going to get into those shortly. But first, I got to ask, Chris, are you ready to move the ball? I'm ready to move the ball. Let's do this thing. All right. Awesome. Let's go. All right, Chris. So as a podcast host, I'm always thinking about how am I going to kick off a conversation so that it will be interesting and an engaging one right off the bat. And as part of that preparation, I put down some initial thoughts, but I also do some research. Yep, I do my homework. And that's something that all good podcast hosts should do. Hint, hint for those of you listening that have a podcast or are thinking about one. So one of the things that I did, Chris, is I went to your website. And what did I see? So I was going to ask you something, but before I go into my question, I'm actually going to call an audible and throw this out there. You're a marketing guru. I'm known as a branding expert. What do you want people to see when they come to your website? What's the vibe? What's the takeaway? What is it that you want people to get out of when they do their research and look up who is Chris Tuff? Yeah, I mean, I think that you got to put everything through the filter of a pain point. And it took me a while to get to that messaging, but you know, people's pain point that I'm solving for, it's really, it's retention, attraction, and sales. Obviously, my approach is very different and innovative compared to a lot of the stuff that you see or what people train around. 
But that's why when you go to my website, Authentic Connection, which means it's increased retention, increased sales. And you know, I think one of the things that also gets me excited to talk to you today is, I mean, look at how I got here, right? So I, I do a keynote on the big stage at Chrissy's in Chicago. What was that? Two and a half, three weeks ago. And now here we are in the podcast, because what did you do before I even left the stage? You practice a lot of the stuff I preach. You had sent me an email on my contact form, right? So like before I'm even almost like at the airport, I'm getting this, you're the first message I see. And I'm like, I'll absolutely get on this podcast, right? And you followed it up. And now here we are sharing this experience together. And so first, I want to just applaud you on walking the talk. And I mean, I think practicing a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And what I noticed when I saw your website that I really loved, Chris, and this is something that attracted me to you when I heard you speak as well, is just the energy level that you have. I mean, people always say that I'm a high energy person and I think high energy attracts high energy. But also if you're a high energy person, your game also tends to increase when you're around those kind of people. And so just, you know, hearing you and even when I listened to the Brokering Billions podcast earlier this year and last year, I mean, like just you and Beno do a great job. And so I, I just love your energy and something that I noticed. So I'm doing my research on your website. You've got some testimonials out there, right? And so I read all of them. And <laughs> one of them that I really liked was from Dr. Nick Morgan. He says that you take one heaping tablespoon of fun, two of energy, and three of insight, mix them together, and you have Chris Tuff. And I mean, just from what I see of you and what I know, I think that is so true. And I think it's so awesome. So I just wanted to ask you, like, where does that energy come from? So... First of all, Nick Morgan is my speaking coach. And so he is like the guy. Nick is the professor for public speaking at Harvard. And I mean, this guy is as good as they get. And one of the things he told me was like, Chris, you're doing great, but you almost bring too much energy. Like you got to take your cadence down. And the reason why that's so difficult and you ask where my energy comes from is I'm so passionate about this stuff. And you know, as most can attest to, I'm a huge extrovert and I'm married to a huge introvert. But as we get into this place in our lives, regardless of how we're wired, our outlook changes when passion, purpose, and profession all overlap into, for me, this beautiful spot where work doesn't feel like work. When I can inspire others through both my presentations and keynotes, but more importantly, in one-on-ones when I'm able to ask them those questions and then they start running with the ball, that's what's most exciting to me. And what gives me more energy than anything else in the world is when I can sit across from someone, regardless of who that person is, and uncover their dreams and aspirations and passions and then act as a catalyst for them to take one step towards that. Like That's where I get goosebumps and that's where the energy then feeds on itself. Right. And so, where my energy comes from is by living this life of truly authenticity and doing and preaching exactly what I love and also practicing what I preach. I think there's a lot of authors out there that say one thing and then when no one is looking, they do the opposite. So, that's super important to me. You know, as this life of being an, a speaker and now entrepreneur unravels, like I don't have it figured out. I'm calling audibles along the way, but 
every day I get so excited like today to share this time with you. And just before this, I was meeting with two salespeople doing the same thing. And that to me is what really gives me the energy. It's actually through the other person's eyes and energy that I then fuel my own. And I think there are some people, like when I first meet people, they're like, you are ridiculous. Your energy is insane. And it's actually more than anything, what I can take from them and the questions that I ask and then them running with it versus it being me. I'm just reflecting that back. Oh, I love it. And I was getting goosebumps too, as you were talking, because I can completely relate with when it comes to your living in your purpose and being passionate about something. Because even with this whole move the ball movement, I mean, as you know, Chris, I mean, entrepreneurship can be hard, right? There's definitely a roller coaster. But when you're doing things that you're really excited about every single day, it makes it so easy to continue to push through. And when you're able to help people, because you, like me, are very service-minded and want to help people, right? Like it feels great to be doing something that you love and helping other people achieve the outcomes that they're looking to achieve as well. And so something else that I noticed from Nick Morgan that he said was he's continued in that testimonial to say the perfect recipe for an unforgettable presentation on how we can bring real connections to our networking, our sales, and our business relationships. And that is one of the things I really want to talk to you about on our time together. But before we get into that, something else I wanted to discuss is while you were on that stage at Expo a few weeks ago, one of the first things you had mentioned when you opened the presentation was how important it was to stand out and how you had mentioned a few ways that you looked to stand out, including how you dress, your yellow glasses and things. And I think that's so important because something that I always say is moving the ball is all about differentiation and separation, meaning it's how do you stand out and differentiate yourself, but also what are the things that you're doing, the actions you're taking to separate yourself from other people? I mean, as an example, when I was in Fortune 50, I was in senior leadership in my 20s. There were things that I did to stand out and to set myself apart from other people. I mean, my peers were in their 40s and 50s. So I think there were some things that I did, right? And and same thing with the Move the Ball brand today and, and people see all the things that I'm doing with pro athletes. Like it took a while to get Get there, but I was doing things to be memorable and to stand out so that I could get to these experiences that I have today. So when you talk about people being different, Chris, can you go further into that? Give us some more on how people can think about how can I be different? How can I stand out? How can I be memorable in the interactions that I have with people? Yeah. I mean, I think one is like, obviously like looks, but being authentic to yourself. And I think so often we just end up emulating those around us versus really being our individual selves. I mean, and you know, you you see my tattoos that tell my life story or my yellow ridiculous glasses, which is all about bringing optimism, hope and light to people, you know, or even my bright Jordan ones that I'm often wearing. I, I even matched my Bronco to my color scheme and tattoos. And my wife, who's a huge introvert, won't even drive my car anymore. But it's about whatever it is that you're doing, like, don't just do it to do it, do it to actually represent something that is within you. And, you know, as I talk about standing out, I had the fortune of really spending a lot of time with Lydia Finette, who was the head auctioneer at Christie's. And she talks about how when she's sharing the stage with Bruce Willis or Bruce Springsteen, you have to stand out. But then when you sit at that table, and you're just stuck in that kind of small talk, only 5% of people are memorable. So she says it's the questions you're asking 
and the stories you're telling that make you part of that 5% of memorable people. And I think we all need to think long and hard about one, what are those questions that we're asking that are really choreographed to go deeper past the surface level? One of those that I love using is, tell me about your dream day. It can start in Turks and Caicos and end at your home in Chicago, right? But tell me, what is that perfect day for you, that dream day, and take me through it. I like to then graduate to like, what's your ultimate dream? Like if you could do anything, what is that thing? And when we start asking those questions and hearing the responses, we're then able to create an authentic connection with them, understand some of this data as to what's driving them. And then through the realm of a real estate agent, right? You can then start matching up your offering to their dreams, aspirations, and life, right? Because you hear about their kids, you hear about all these things, which is so different, right? Then these assholes that just, hey, are you looking to buy a new house or list your house in the realm of real estate or software sales saying, hey, I know you, you're in charge of this company. Can I sell my product to you? And then they pitch slap you, right? So it's reverse engineering a lot of that stuff through this mentality that business ends up being a byproduct of this authentic connection. For sure. And I think where people tend to lose sight is they get so caught up in the business side versus we're all human beings at the end of the day and we're people and we have families and we have things that go on in our lives and we have dreams and we have aspirations. It's not just about the transaction or the sale. It's so much more than that. And that's where people, a lot of people, they forget that. And that's why I wanted us to talk about it on the show as a reminder, like come back to the human connection. And I've said this on the show And we'll get into how do you continue to build authentic relationships and sustain them, which I know is hard to do as you talk about as well. But something people will ask me is they'll say, Jen, how did you get to build this Move the Ball brand and this movement? And how do you get to know all these NFL players? And they'll see me posting photos with like current NFL superstars such as Jamar Chase or Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddell, or they'll see me with Emmett Smith or Michael Irvin. and, And they'll be like, wow, Jen, that's so cool. And I'm like, you know how hard I had to work to get to that point and they'll be like, well, what did you do? And part of that was putting in the time to build those authentic connections with people and relationships to be able to continue to network and then know people like the people I just mentioned so that I could post those things. But it's a process. It takes a lot of work. It's not a simple, just do this one thing and all these things are going to happen that you want. You have to put in that work in building those connections. And I know you know this and I'm preaching to the choir, but I just think it's something that people forget about. hundred percent. And that's why my call to action with the title of my last book is Save Your Asks. Don't go in for that ask until... I say you got to save your asks like Braveheart. I don't know if you remember, like it's the best metaphor I can come up with. But when Mel Gibson, they're about to be attacked by an army and he's telling his group, which they're way outnumbered, they're right behind this berm. And they have these massive poles with a stake at the end of it. And he's saying, hold hold. And the army's like all of these guys in the army are about to come on their horses. And then he goes, now, like we've got to save our asks like Braveheart until it's that ultimate last thing. And then it's at a point in the relationship where an ask doesn't even feel like an ask. I mean, even with you asking some of these athletes or whatever it is that as you're developing that relationship, you're at a level where it's like, yeah, are you looking to list your house? Because I saw you just got traded. Like, I'm your person, right? Doesn't even feel like an ask. And I I think so much of us are wired or trained in this mentality of transactional, 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 that we waste that ask too early in the relationship. 
And we not only are less effective, but also lose the fulfillment that comes along with just being connected with humans. Right. And that's exactly what it is. Yes, they are your client potentially or a prospective client, but at the end of the day, it's human beings connection first. And then that stuff will come when it's meant to come. Now, something that you post a lot about, you talk a lot about is Save Your Asks. Obviously, it's the name of your book. It's tied to your messaging and your brand. And also, you tell people not to be an asshole, right? And I love seeing every time I see your content on LinkedIn as an example, there's one person in particular that I think about when I see your don't be an asshole. And this is for everyone listening. You don't want to be this person that I'm about to describe. So, you know, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. You're on LinkedIn and other social media. Chris, there's this one individual who every three to four months, he would send me a note. Hey, Jed, hope you're doing well. I see you're connected to such and such. Can you introduce me? Right? I've never known this person. We've never once had a conversation. He never is like, hey, I mean, if you just take the time to get to know me a little bit more, I'd be more than happy right? To open my network. And so I did it for a few times. This went on for a couple of years. And I finally got to the point where I'm like, you know what? No, I'm done. It's probably been three years. And so I finally, I just said, you know what? Do I want to remove this person as a connection or should I block him? And I asked a friend of mine, he's like, just block him and be done with it. So I did. I don't usually block people, but I'm like, you know what? Like, we just don't vibe on the same wavelength. And and my listeners know I had a daughter who was on campus during the Michigan State shooting earlier this year. She was barricaded in the law library for over four hours. She had two friends who were killed in that shooting. Mm -hmm. And so after that event, my tolerance for just the BS and people that don't really care about human connections really went down. So that's why I normally I don't block people. But this time I'm like, you know what? I'm just not dealing with it anymore. Well, Jen, so here's what's so astounding, right? I talk about the ask continuum where if asks come really easy to you, most likely you're an ask call or you're a people pleaser like me where the ask will actually pass you by. We all have work to do as humans to find that middle ground, right? That sweet spot. And as you then approach life and networking and to your example, this individual, so many people don't actually realize that they're doing anything wrong. And what I've found to be most effective is, well, one, I'll send them like a copy of my book and be like, hey, this might help you in your journey. And I caveat it with, I'm not trying to be obnoxious. I think this will actually help you. And Or just call them out on it, which is, it can be a little bit confrontational. There's a tact to it, right? But when you do it, I'm always astounded at how many people send some form of gratitude saying, thank you so much for helping me there. Like, I didn't realize that I do it. You know, and then obviously there's some people that are too long gone and they're not going to be open to that. And I would actually then take the approach of just ghost them and block them out. There's plenty of other people that you can have great relationships with without them in your life. Absolutely. So for people that are listening, Chris, how can they check themselves to see, are they being an asshole and where do they fall on the ass continuum? Like, what can you give them to start thinking about that? So hopefully we all have someone in our network that I say, you can kind of get like real vulnerable and get them to give you authentic, genuine feedback on stuff. We all need those people in our inner circle. I would go to them first and check yourself and say, listen, I've been reading about this whole thing around assholes. Am I an asshole? Right? Or what's even better is think about the people around you 
that go in for those three asks in a row. Hey, I need Bears tickets this weekend. And then, hey, can you connect me with this person? When you're better attuned to calling out your own people, you're actually then self-reflecting on yourself and you're like, oh, actually, I, I can do some work there. And so those are my two suggestions on that. No, I think that's a great thing. I think it, part of it is just being aware, right? Like, how are you communicating to people? What are you communicating to them? Is it an ask for something? Are you providing value? Are you just staying in touch? And so that's a great way to kind of just check yourself. How are you interacting with people? Are you asking too much? Are you sometimes, maybe you could be making a few more asks. I mean, I think one thing you made me think of is I remember sitting at a Chicago Cubs game. This was years and years ago. So I really didn't have a sports network I forget what happened. I think they put in like two pinch hitters in a game. And I was like, oh, you can do that. I didn't know that you can, or something like that. There was some rule that changed and I, I I didn't know what it was. And I asked my friend who was with me at the game. He's like, oh, I have no idea. I'm like, oh, let me just text a friend of mine who played major league baseball and ask him. And so I did. And he's like, Jen, he's like, did you just see what you did? He's like, you just texted someone who plays major league baseball. He's like, you have a phenomenal network. He's like, I don't think you are making asks enough. Now, not being an ask call, right? But he's like, you're missing opportunities to make asks. And when he said that to me, I started thinking about it and just making myself more aware of, hey, it's okay at times when the time is right to make an ask from someone in your network. Because for me, I was so focused on, I just want to build great relationships with people. It's not about asking them for anything. It's just about connecting. But it is okay to make asks when it makes sense and when the time is right. A hundred percent, especially when you're in asking seasons of your life. And we all go through those. And that's where you kind of go to the ATM of asks and, and start redeeming. And yeah, I mentioned earlier in the show, the Brokering Billions podcast that you co-hosted with Bono, and you did an episode where you were the guest on the show. And something that you talked about is when you communicate with people, what your dreams are, what it is you're trying to accomplish, if you have the right relationships, people will be more than willing to open their network up and try to help you accomplish that thing too. Yeah. I call it masking your asking your dream. And as long as you're authentic to that dream, 99% of the people that you're networking with or close to will open up doors for you. It's the the problem lies in that we're not specific in what that dream and ask is. And so in my case, as I was interviewing people for the book, these very influential individuals that say, I'm going to practice one of my favorite tactics. Are you ready? You know, in one case, it was like this billionaire. And I go, I'm going to mask my ask in your dream. Are you ready? And he's like, yeah, totally. I go, well, it's my dream to create a handbook, whether you just graduated from college or you're a 55-year-old salesperson that just feels stuck. I want to make you a hell of a lot better at your job, but also make it more fulfilling and authentic along the way. Who in your network do I have to interview? And every single time they're like, oh, you got to interview this person and this person. And it was crazy as I was like interviewing these like A-list celebrities and, and athletes and massive entrepreneurs that I'm like, people are like, how did you get there? I was like, well, if I backtrack it, it all started with masking your asking your dream. And we need to proactively be doing that as much as possible when we feel like the relationship is at a point that we can start capitalizing on that. And you can do it fairly quickly. So the name of the game to me is you look at relationships. It's about sustaining and deepening them. And one of my other favorite tactics to call people out on is send a video text message to that person that you're trying to deepen or I call it Shawshanking, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about. But when you send a video text message, it's like 20 seconds long as you're going by a golf course, because it reminds you of your friend that plays golf and you just say, Hey dude, I'm just thinking about you. I just passed this. 
epic course. And it made me want to say what's up. That's it, right? And when you do that, you're actually able to shorten the amount of time it takes to strengthen and deepen that relationship to get to a place where it's truly authentic and kind of fluid. Yeah. And I love that. Something else that I do is uh, I don't always do video ones, but I'll just send a voice note. Same thing, right? Hey, I just saw this, was thinking of you. For those that don't like the video as much, you can also do it that way. But it's something different than just a text message. And it connects with them. And it makes them feel important because you thought of them and you put some time into, just a little bit of time, 20 seconds, to sending this thing to them. And the video is a lot more. So I'd started with the voice notes and then graduated to video. And it's so funny because, you know, even like a lot of my friends and my network are older, you know, 55 to 60 And you would think that they'd be like, oh my God, what is this, right? But what happens is after like the fourth or fifth one, they're like, all right, Chris, I'm finally doing this video thing. And they do it back and it's so cool. So I would, yes, I think the the voice is a step up from regular text. You want to take it to the next level, push yourself out of your comfort zone and send that video text message. I like that. And it's doing something fun. It's connecting with people and it's not just staying in touch during the holidays, you know, and we talked about this earlier that you said before, creating relationships is easy. Sustaining them is hard. This is part of the sustaining part because we know that people do business with people they know, like, and trust, whether that's real estate or something else. And so by just making it fun, it's not all about business and transactions. You're just going to have so much better relationships, deeper quality relationships and opportunities when will come when they are meant to come. And it might not even be with that person, but it might be with someone that they refer you to. Exactly. So it's just about remember that people are people first, business and relationships come next and just continue to stay in touch with people and make that a daily practice to continue. It has to be authentic. It has to be real. It has to be genuine. But I mean, incorporate that into your practice and you're just going to see your business relationships, your life in general is going to become better because you're having fun and connecting with people on a human level too. Exactly. I want to switch gears and talk about a couple other things, Chris. So something that you've done is you created this viral video back in the day before things became viral. And I know the story and I think it's super cool. And so I want you to share with us this viral video and about how you were on the front page of the Wall Street Journal and you got to be on Good Morning America. So tell us about that. I get a lot of people that turn to me and they say, hey, Chris, how do you know that you're living a life where passion, purpose, and profession are all overlapping? And my only response to that is that work begins to not feel like work anymore. And Ridiculous things tend to happen. And I had made five lateral job moves at an advertising agency when I was ages 21 through 26. And it wasn't until that fifth lateral move that I finally found myself in my sweet spot where I was really passionate about what I was doing as social media was kind of coming about. I had a client turn to us and they said, hey, do you guys know how to do a viral video? This is in 2006 before YouTube. And we were like, what's a viral video? They're like, well, apparently if you can get over a million views, it's a viral video. And so I took that as a challenge and I married it with my personal life as I was patiently courting my now wife for four months. I had bought the ring because I knew she was the one. And we are both identical twins and I wanted our identical twins to share in the experience, but I'm like, I'm going to do it tomorrow because I couldn't wait any longer. So I called a friend of mine. I'm like, I'm going to get two birds with one stone. And I'd met him. He was a video guy actually for MTV who I'd met. 
And I had him record my engagement as I was running down one of the beautiful streets in Atlanta with my girlfriend at the time. And I had a camcorder in a tree and he was in the back of a car 200 yards down from this one pole where I had choreographed that I would sprain my ankle and go from spraining my ankle to popping the question. And what unfolded was a three and a half minute clip that the internet had never really seen before because my wife in the moment was kind of laughing and making fun of me for spraining my ankle. And then, you know, in a matter of seconds, as I pulled out the ring, she knew what was happening. She was overcome with emotion and, you know, was walking back into the street. I had to bring her back in. She said, yes. And I put it on ChristopherTuff.com. And it was five days later that my server guy called me. It was like, Mr. Tuff, we don't know what's happening, but you're getting 100,000 views every hour and it's doubling on the hour. This is going to be a lot of money. What do you want us to do? I was like, let her rip. And then Good Morning America flew down, interviewed us for that and ended up getting our pinpricks, like pictures on the top front fold of the Wall Street Journal because of the ridiculousness of me doing this and then branding my wedding, doublementwedding.com, since we're both identical twins. People were like, Chris, that's so ridiculous. I was like, yeah, that was my first taste of ridiculous. And I don't talk about this that much. When my first daughter was born, as I was continuing on the social media space, she was actually the youngest tweet ever. And I said, baby underscore tough. And at three minutes old, she pressed the tweet button hello world. And no one knew whether or not she was going to be male or female. I'd partnered with a local radio show to then actually be the youngest tweet ever. And to my wife's dismay, she's like, Chris, enough of these (laughs) PR kind of stunts. Like I want some of our life to be private. Please stop doing these ridiculous things. So I kind of keep those on my own terms now. Well, I think it's awesome because somebody said something to me shortly after I published my second book last year. And he said, if you don't put yourself out there, you'll never be found. And you can take that in many different ways. And he, in his context, he was talking about posting videos on YouTube because it is a large search engine, blah, blah, blah. I took it in a different way. It's like, if you don't show up and be daring and be different and put yourself out there, people aren't going to know who you are, whether you're looking to be an influencer or just a great leader or just a person living life. Like you need to show up and put yourself out there so that you can attract the right people and the right opportunities that you're looking to attract. And so I love it. I think it's a great story. I loved it the first time I heard it. I loved it now. And let me ask you this, what opportunities have come to you as a result of that viral video? We won the client. So for the advertising agency, so that did the trick. But more than anything, it was less of what came from it and more of what it did for my own confidence and being able to get stuff done, right? And I actually published my first book about kind of generational difference and the importance of connection inward for culture. I'd done some research and I would have never come up with this idea had I not done that viral video In my research, I found that the greatest difference between boomers and millennials was actually their appetite and acceptance for tattoos. So I turned to my friend, who's he's the biggest radio show host in Atlanta, and I pitched him on this idea of him interviewing me about my book while I get a tattoo, full sleeve tattoo, all about my book and see if whether or not I could pull it off. He was like, you're on. And so actually the whole upper part of this tattoo was created as I was getting interviewed with millions of listeners. And my first big speech came from someone that was listening to that radio show. 
See, you put yourself out there, you were found, right? And there were some great opportunities. So I think exactly. that's I think that's awesome. Now, something else I want to share about your background is you were one of the first advertising guys that kind of got to work with Mark Zuckerberg back in like mid 2000s, 2006 time frame. Tell us about that experience. And then you have to tell, I know the story, but you have to tell us about the machine. What was it called? The, um, oh, the, the big green egg. The big, yes, yes. Tell us. Yeah, so- People will ask, hey, what was Zuckerberg like in 2006? And I had one dinner with him and he didn't talk to me at all. So I can't say that much. But there was a group around him that we kind of pioneered a lot of products. Me as more of the advertising buyer at an agency. And it was actually through that process that you know, a lot of people made a lot of money. But I continued my relationships with them through the years. And it was on the 10-year anniversary of Facebook that I had just done a speech with one of the head guys from Big Green Egg, which I was using them as an example of the power of word-of-mouth marketing and how many Big Green Eggs I'd sold. And so I made that connection. And then coincidentally, that next week, Mark Zuckerberg was getting interviewed on the Today Show by Al Roker. And he was asking him, hey, so what are you going to do to celebrate? And Mark Zuckerberg was like, I think I might buy myself a grill. And Al Roker was like, well, you got to get a big green egg. And I'm like, this is too good to be true. And I still had Mark Zuckerberg's assistance number. And I worked with a few of my friends that were close with him. And I convinced Big Green Egg to send what ended up being a one-ton package to Menlo Park with a card that was customized for him. We hear you're in the market for a big green egg. We think you're going to like it with a thumbs up with the smoke coming out of the top of the big green egg. And as this unfolded, his assistant reaches out as this massive parcel landed at Menlo Park and was like, Chris, this is ridiculous. I was like, yeah, I know. And she was like, we can't bring this to him. I was like, well, just get it to him. It's going to be like $8,000 to send back. And I was told that it got to him and that he was using it. But it wasn't until two years later that Mark Zuckerberg went live with Facebook Live for the first time, encouraging everyone to go out and vote. He did the whole thing in front of the big green egg that we sent him. And 300 million people saw it within like 24 hours. Big Green Egg called me and was like, we've never seen publicity like this. We're going to give you whatever you want, Chris, because this is the best publicity we've ever had. They actually gave me a bunch of Big Green Eggs that I then delivered to people's front doorsteps as either thank yous or a way to create reciprocity with them. And, you know, I use that as an example of just go for it, right? Like, when you're thinking about these things, we end up not doing them because we're like, oh, well, what if this happens? Like, just go for it. The worst thing you can do is nothing at all. So just go for it. That to me was like, once again, another one of these signs, like, just go for it. Some of these things might not work, but that one ended up working pretty well. Well, I love it because we talked about being different earlier and doing things that other people wouldn't do, right? Like how many people would do something like that? Most people would not. And when I think about my Move the Ball brand, I mean, again, I spent a lot of work trying to get in front of people. I mean, I spent money on plane tickets to go to places where I knew people would physically be. I didn't have an appointment. They didn't know who the hell I was. But I knew if I could just be there, there might be an opportunity to have a connection, right? How many people are going to spend money to do that? And this is, right. again, before social media or even earlier social media. Like, But it's, again, doing things that not everyone else is willing to do. And when you said the story, you reminded me, too, of a friend of mine who works for Mark Cuban. And when we first met, 
We stayed in touch. We had lunch one day and I was like, how did you get to work for Mark? And he told me that he was looking for a job and he didn't have a lot of money, but he took out a billboard in New York City and he put his resume on there. And somebody, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was Mark or somebody else, but one of his people or him saw it and they called him again. I read about that. Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, if you put yourself out there, then you can be found. Right. And so I just think it's incredible because so many people are not going to have the courage to do things differently. And those are the people that don't move the ball because you're not doing things differently or they don't get to achieve the highest level because they're too afraid to put themselves out there to do things differently. And so I'm hoping that those listening will really think about how can I do things differently to separate myself? How do I set myself apart? How do I make myself more memorable in interactions and continue to sustain, create and sustain meaningful relationships to help me to move the ball and dominate the game? Like I'll say, exactly. since that's the name of the second book. I love it. <laughs> Try to tie it all in. I'm a branding person too. So, you know, gotta, I love it. <laughs> gotta get it all in there. So Chris, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, I've got some great questions that I'm going to ask you as part of my two minute drill. We'll be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy to implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Chris, we are back. Are you ready to run through my two-minute drill? I am so ready. All right. First question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? Enthusiastic, authentic, caring. Oh, I love those three words. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? That I am also just another human that has the same doubts and things as anyone else, you know, especially on this entrepreneurial journey. I'm always trying to overemphasize, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull all this off, just like you all, but I just roll with it. Because okay, so I think I come across as just this such a confident, enthusiastic person that it's like, I too have those doubts. Oh, I love that. And I think I'm I'm glad that you shared that because we all, no matter where you're at in your journey, I mean, we all wonder if something's going to work. We don't have all the answers. We don't know if everything's going to work. And so I thank you for sharing that. Next question is, would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion dollar company and why? Oh, I think it depends on the company, but probably the CEO of a billion dollar company. I have a really good instinct at this point, having worked with so many organizations around this place of marketing, storytelling, connecting inward, connecting outward, that I feel like we could make it a $5 billion company pretty quickly. Love it. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I love Smartless. I love it. It's just like, it's like my treat at the end of the day. So I love listening to Smartless. If you could have any one song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? So I actually have that challenge and I oftentimes play Jack Johnson better together because it kind of sets the vibe and I think we truly are better together. Ooh, I like it. What would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed? I think I'm in the middle of that right now. <laughs> like, so, I mean, I think it's about experimentation and constant evolution. I'm a huge fan of the side hustle and 
you know, as I look at this life that I've crafted for myself pretty deliberately, it's finding joy in work. And so I think I'm doing that. Yes, I love it. I can see it. I can hear it. You are doing awesome things and no other career to do, right? Just continue what you're doing and maybe pick up different side hustles as you enjoy other things. I love it. Next question is you have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? I'm going to go to Chopu, Tahiti to go visit my good friend, Raymana, who I promised I would go and, and surf this amazing surf break there. Oh, that's awesome. And you mentioned Ramana when you did your talk at Expo yeah. too and how great he was. So that's awesome. All right. The bonus question is M&M's, plain or peanut? Peanut. Get some protein. There you go. That's a great way to look at it, right? I do. It's so bad because I'm like, oh, I'll have a peanut M&M. It's good for me because it's protein. Well, I look at ice cream that way because you can get your 10% of your daily requirement in a serving of ice cream. So yeah, that, that's my thing. I eat it probably I more like than, it. than I need to. So something you made me think about, Chris, too, before we end the show is, you know, we talk about building authentic relationships. There's a book that I read last year called Giftology, which I would oh, recommend. Yeah. John Rulin. Yes, it's a fantastic book. And it talks about gifting. And it's, again, making an impression, being memorable. I would just encourage people that if you're looking for a new book, well, check out Chris's books for one. But also, Giftology is a great book. And John Rulin is a great guy with a huge heart. He walks the talk. And I'm a huge fan of both the book and everything that he's doing. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I've got it as an audible book. I've got it as a physical copy. And it's one that I've only gone through it once. But I mean, it's one that I would easily go through again. It's such a great, great reminder of how to continue to build connections and how gifting is a part of that. And in the real estate industry, we usually are gifting to clients to continue to sustain relationships or gifting to new clients as well, just to continue to connect on a human level. It's not about the transaction. And I was just thinking about this. I recently had a closing and it was a a woman who's a single mom. She's in her 40s, got three kids. This is her first home. She's kind of beaten herself up because it's taken her so long to get to this point. And so when I was thinking about, well, what do I gift her? Like I wanted it to be something that wasn't just you know, hey, here's something for your house. It's here's something that you and your kids would enjoy. So I created this basket with a bunch of different game night games and snacks it. and candies. So good. Just things like that, because it was about them and coming into their first home. And this would be an experience that they could have, especially because she had told me about how she would lay out the living room furniture and entertainment center. And so I share this example because I want people to be thinking about it's all about the human first. It's not about the transaction. And if you can create an experience for your customers or the people in your network, they don't even have to be a customer that is going to come back and you will find such joy in it for one. I mean, I was super excited to give this to her just because I knew how much it would mean to her kids, right? To have this experience. But then that's going to, from a business standpoint, people are going to tell other people about that. And that's going to be much more effective than some ad you have, a billboard, a postcard or anything else. It's really about the human connection. Exactly. Love it. So Chris, two things before we close the show. One, I'm going to ask you to let people know where they can follow you and where you're at on social media. But before that, if you were going to have a call to action for my listeners, I mean, we've talked about so many great things that people should be doing, but I'm going to let you end the show with what is a call to action that you think is really important? This is going to be a challenge, but think of one person in your life that has 
had a massive impact on taking a new route. So if your life is a tree and you kind of branched off to the left or the right, think about that person in your life that had that impact. And as you think about that, I want you to send a video text message and rekindle that relationship by thanking them for what they did for you and send it. Just record it and send it and see what happens. One, it'll get you used to the video text message, but also get you to this place of rekindling or telling someone this thing that they did for you that most likely you never even thanked them for in the first place and just watch what ends up happening. It's a great example of bringing this stuff to life. So that's my call to action for everyone and do it. So anyone that wants to reach out to me, I'm tough22, T-U-F-F-2-2 on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn forward slash Christopher Tuff. And if you want to go to my website, it's Chris Tuff, C-H-R-I-S-T-U-F-F dot M-E, M-E. So hit me up and uh, look forward to connecting. Perfect. And we will have all of those links in our show notes, Chris, so people can follow you. They can connect with you. We'll also have links to your two books, The Millennial Whisperer and Save Your Ass, so people can check those out as well. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Awesome. Thank you, Jen. And thanks to everyone for listening and we'll catch you next time. This was such an awesome episode with Chris. He gave you all such valuable insights and nuggets. Please share the show with others. I know they're going to get so much value from it. If you haven't already done so, make sure you follow the podcast so you're always in the know for a future episode. And we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to GetInsideTheHuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.